scientists' disinterest in what is beyond this reality, what is beyond space-time, is akin to Marvel fans being disinterested in Stanley, or even worse, pretending there is no Stanley. There is a creator of origin, and there is an origin story that will never show up in the fossil record. Those are just the remains. Scientists could benefit greatly from an increased degree of humility. They are not closer to truth than non-scientists, just as religious leaders are not closer to God. This isn't about God or religion. This is about truth. And science isn't getting any closer to truth than religion, possibly by design. So much pretending happens here. Hello there, this is Jill, and we're doing another podcast this week. I know I've gotten out of the uh, rhythm that we were in prior to the Greece and the Zion and the Egypt trips last year um, in like September 2019. Anyway, so I'm trying to get back on a schedule, but I don't want to legit, like literally schedule it. Anyway, so let's do one. <laughs> let's do one today. I'm not sharing this live. I'm just recording it um, when it's convenient for me. Um, and hopefully it's convenient for you and you can listen to this, watch it whenever you want to. Anyway, welcome. Let's take a couple nice deep breaths in through our nose and out of our nose. As you're taking in your next inhale, I would like you to imagine the soles of your feet being illuminated from just inside the soles of your feet. So not below your feet, actually the surface of your feet, but inside of you, that that's lit up. As you inhale the next time, I'd like you to imagine that light coming up all the way from the soles of your feet, again, from the inside, it's self-illuminated, the light coming all the way up your body, and then imagine that you're inside an orb, so an orbital structure that is, surrounds your physical body, and that you're expanding the light within the orb that is your vehicle, <laughs> not only within this reality, but beyond this reality. Very good. Yeah, that's looking really good, you guys. Okay. So what we're doing with this breathing, while you continue to breathe, please, we're reminding your human consciousness of a structure that is beyond your humanness. Okay, and we're allowing you to feel the different frequency range that is beyond your five human senses. Very good. All right, hmm. let's get started. <laughs> what are we gonna do today? Um, I have an idea. I was, um, sometimes it happens where I listen to somebody's podcast or something and there's a, there's a way that I am Jill <laughs> where I, I'm hearing it and I'm thinking, oh, they're, they're missing this part, they're missing that part. 
Um, and it's not based on I, that other layer of my um, assessment is not from anything I've acquired here as Jill. It is an inner sensory or an ultra sense ultra. That's good. An ultra sensory awareness system that I just have. Um, I had it in church when I was a little kid. I was just like, this is very strange. <laughs> this is a very strange place. Um, yeah, and then it was when I got older that I realized what was strange about, about church to me as a Christian and the idea that somebody else is closer to God than them or that Jesus is closer to God than, than, it's, than the followers of Jesus. Um, I know Jesus as a sibling, um, a sibling type energy, not a, not a, yeah, anyway, <laughs> anyway, that's not what I want to talk about today. Um, anyway, so I was listening to a podcast this morning before my private session work, and it is the Joe Rogan experience number one, five, six, one with Kermit Pattison. Um, and I had so many different ideas about what was going on, um, what Kermit and the other scientists were finding. And I thought, you know what, let's just do a podcast <laughs> where I offer the other side of the, of the story and what's going on, et cetera. And it's funny because I'm a little nervous <laughs> to do this, which tends to be a good sign because that means I'm on the edge of something maybe I haven't talked about before, or I understand that it can be misunderstood by others or even criticized by others, but I, but I don't care. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it anyway. Anyway, so here we go. Okay, so... And I don't have any notes, but um, where do I want to start? <sighs> okay. I can't prove any of this, right? I'm not using five human senses, and I'm not using uh, present-day version of science, which is um, sadly tied to the five human senses, which means it misses a lot. Um, evolution as I know it, beyond my Jill, is, is yes, Darwinian in terms of its, its natural sort of anthropological, um, you know, developing new skills, losing old skills that are no, no, no longer needed. Um, but it's also very much an insertion of skills, an insertion of development. It can utilize the structures that are currently in the timeline profile of when the incarnation happens, but it can also add on, if you will, its own sort of um, template um, to assist in what it, as consciousness that is beyond time-space, sort of wants to do, or maybe has the authority <clears throat> to offer within that reality. So in the case of, I think they called it Rudy, um, the skeletal structure that Kermit and some others found in Ethiopia, um, they were surprised that it was um, a being that was upright. And it was like, I think they said six, six million years old or something. And the, the previous scientific assessment would be was that, that something was that, that was that old was not yet upright in a, in a more human, modern-day version of humanity. Um, so there's a, there's a battle that's constantly going on 
within our present day version of science that when they make assumptions, and they are assumptions, based on skeletal records, fossil records, etc., that they find, and they're trying to date them, and they throw out these numbers as if those numbers are even correct for how old it was. And then the, the age is all relative to other, other datings that, that were attributed to certain things. So I, <laughs> when I listen to something um, like this interview, the podcast number 1561, I'm, I'm not judging Kermit at all. I'm actually really appreciative of his passion and things like that he was finding. But, and I also like that he's willing to go against kind of the standard historical scientific narrative about, um, you know, when, when there could have been an upright figure. And anyway, so I wanted to start with that, that evolution isn't, isn't only about adaptation that happens in this reality. Evolution, present version of adaptation, previous version of adaptation, future version, adaptation, adaptation of life on earth can also happen in ways that are an insertion of a new record into this reality using the present structures that are available along with templates that are inserted into this reality through the orbital consciousness that was utilized um, as all life has to get into and out of this reality, okay? Yeah, I'm still I'm still nervous. Um, <clears throat> all right. So as I'm hearing Kermit Patterson talk about Rudy and talk about Lucy, another um, sort of controversial uh, finding, I have this image not like a clairvoyant image, but I had this sensation of, of <coughs> all of us as source energy um, being capable of incarnating into this reality and leaving records and inserting new records to, I mean, there's many reasons to do that, but I had this image of the sensation of the source energy that is known as Lucy and is known as Rudy. Um, almost you could sort of visualize it like a hallway conversation, but it's happening beyond time space where it's it literally, there's an omnipresence there. It's beyond time, it's beyond space. So there's nowhere it isn't at that level of source energy and consciousness. And I imagine this, uh, layer of source energy running into another layer of source energy saying, Hey, they've, they found your Lucy. They're calling you Lucy. I know. <laughs> um, yeah, they think I'm this, they think I'm this, that it's from this long ago. And then just laughing about it. Uh, they found your Rudy. Yeah, I, I, I saw that. They found, they're calling me Rudy. They're calling my me that was in that lifetime Rudy. Um, and they're arguing about this and arguing about that and just sort of giggling at the silliness of the science that we have now, not in a disparaging way. I don't, I don't mean it to sound like that, but science in our present day format, especially is just so extremely limited. 
and yet it's almost deified as if it's beyond question and unquestionable and we have sort of made scientists into gods um, and that, that makes sense because the natural subconscious um, fear and uncertainty that humans naturally have wants authority <laughs> it wants an authoritative figure that that knows better what's going on than they do they want to know that somebody has a sense of what's going on and the idea that that science is given that role right now is just <laughs> i mean maybe it's an upgrade from religious leaders but but not by much from my from my assessment so Yeah, I just felt, I just felt myself say, say what you really want to say. It's okay to not know how old something is. It's okay to not know what something is or precisely what it is. We don't even know within our own humanness, within our own orbital experience in our own human consciousness, we have such little awareness about who and what we are. It's okay. It's okay to not know. It's okay to have questions. It's okay to be uncertain. That is actually more healthy than pretending certainty, than pretending that it's all figured out. As our source energy, it is so, the, the level of creator ability, the level of, um, awareness of the origin story, the, the true origin, true origins and its story is so incredible that most humans would never believe it if they if they really understood it. I will, I'll never, I think it was just last year at a Zion retreat where one awareness came through for me that I shared with that group that <laughs> One of, the, one of the reasons that, that science actually should be very grateful for the role that Jesus Christ has had in the present day human record is that he gave us a zero. Okay? And just, just think about that for a minute in terms of linear time and the benefit of zero. That zero gave creator of creator of origin, creator energy, the, the creator behind the, the VR, right? The actual, the what is behind the simulated uh, reality that we as humans and life, physical life, reside within presently. Having that zero of linear time where there is AD and BC, or from where you're looking at it, AD and BC, gives creator of origin the opportunity to keep adding new creations, having new experiences as source that keep going farther and farther, and this, I'm trying to flip it for you, farther and farther back in time, as much as it can create forward in time. Okay. It could have been anyone <laughs> that gave us that zero, but it needed to be an individual that was regarded enough or that the church could be, the churches could be emphatic enough that we needed to redate the calendars based on that perceived date of birth. 
So this idea of how old something is, when something started, when it finishes, all of that is operating in a, in a sense of time that is from within this reality, which is therefore limited, fixated, um, rigid, inflexible, pretending that time is emphatic. <laughs> it's, it is funny <laughs> in a way, but yet I, but yet I understand it because from that ideology of, of present day science, where they're only relying on the five human senses, um, and they have a very limited awareness of how time operates. And there's complete lack of awareness, even by the, the best scientists, it seems. There's complete lack of acknowledgement of what is beyond time space. They, they can't get beyond time space because the five human senses <laughs> don't, work, don't work in that bigger context. It doesn't work beyond the sim. So here I am alongside you in this reality. Some of you having your own ultrasensory awareness system, hearing me, seeing me. And yet also operating with an entire experience set and template that is inclusive of your five human senses, but also inclusive of another set, another template. And of course, my question to you is, what are you doing with it? Are you allowing it to run and operate alongside your five human senses? Are you allowing it to be additive to this world? Are you allowing the supersensory awareness system of your consciousness to upgrade your human consciousness to possibly insert new records, new ideas, accurate ideas, point out inconsistencies, point out flaws that are obvious in this reality or not so obvious. I love to support that within this reality because I, I know from my other work that I'm not alone. <clears throat> in this, um, it's not about, I don't want to emphasize the abilities because the subconscious can get overly fixated on gifts and abilities and things like that. And I'm much more focused on what are you doing with them? What are you doing with this, um, expanded range of yourself? Because this type of consciousness, will not show up in a fossil record. It's a shame. And it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So for any of you that, however you ended up <laughs> on this, on this video or podcast, 
If some of you have listened to the JRE, the Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan Experience number 1561, again, um, kudos to Kermit Patterson and the others that have allowed themselves to think openly and um, with a fresh look at what was possible with the fossil um, and the complete, apparently, skeletal structure that they found that they're calling Rudy. That's wonderful. And it would be great. It would be great for science. It would be great for humanity. It would be great for explorers and discoverers to also know that what you're calling Rudy wanted to be found. That what you are calling Rudy was so much more than you can imagine. And that source energy is very real, that there is There's an incredible um, creator story, origin story that is beyond your reason, beyond your logic, beyond your intellect, and beyond your science. A version of source energy that conceived space-time. So I don't want to, I don't mean to be condescending <laughs> towards, towards scientists or mathematicians or physicists or, or historians, um, but, <laughs> but you're hindered and you don't know it. So it doesn't, it doesn't diminish what you've done. It's just that you're missing so much. And it's, it's better to know whenever any of us as humans are doing anything, that we're doing what we can with what we know. All, all humans here are doing the best we can with what we know. And for some of us, I think because of the inserted template that we are, we look at a lot of those knowings and say, oh, oh, I see. They're missing. They're missing a lot. <laughs> They're missing a whole reference. They're missing an entire framework that is beyond the simulation that can even conceive. I, I know for myself, the I feel very delighted in the idea that for whatever reason, my sensory awareness system has an awareness or even an imagination, which is partly awareness. Yes. If you can imagine something, you have awareness for it. The awareness system capable of imagining not only that there is something beyond space time, that there is a creator sensation of space time, that it's beyond evolution and it's beyond time and it can operate in a way 
in ways within this reality that can change even how we look at linear time so that it is it as creator is more liberated to create not only going forward and not only within present it can also create backwards and of course when you create backwards you affect present you affect the forwards so we as creator origin are constantly adding to the record here and maybe maybe just maybe we inserted another record with this little mini podcast right now yeah okay hmm I want to say hello a special hello to anyone that's new here and a, a big warm um, hug to anyone that has already been a part of uh, what we do it um, just because I stopped doing the podcast regularly doesn't mean I haven't been sharing and inserting new records and trying to clarify this reality and what we are as as our ones as our human lives um, and what this reality is and what it's for and how it's used and what it can be and what you can be um, that work has continued but I have felt very satisfied by doing it in a more um, I want to say in explicit way with um, subscribing members and with specific courses um, the podcasts are great I love what we did here today and it's it's just different when you're sort of handing out samples <laughs> in a store here's a sample here's a sample um, versus you know you have your dedicated aisle <laughs> then the people need to go need to go find but but do find and say oh yeah this is my favorite aisle <laughs> right I, I do like to hang out um, in in that space with others that they're they I don't I'm not I'm not trying to convince anyone of my work I don't I don't need to um, I don't need this uh, work for my income or anything like that. It's I'm in a very lucky and blessed position that I get to say and share and offer what I feel led to share and offer. And I don't need it to pay the bills. And that allows me to disagree with a lot. <clears throat> yeah, that's, I guess we can talk a little bit about that. I felt like we were wrapping up, but no. Um, it, it's, um, it's uncomfortable sometimes for me as Jill with, um, individuals that they, you know, maybe they do a private session and they have this expectation that it's going to be like another reading or that I'm going to agree with them. And, you know, their approach is to go do this or to go study that or to work with that person or to learn the skill. And then I end up being a completely different um, ideology even and using a completely different framework than they had expected that I would. And I give myself permission and my assumption is that anyone that does decide to work with me that that um, that it that, you, that my job is to be me, <laughs> that my job is to offer my um, uh, uh, my sensory awareness system and, and what I'm shown is, is what's really going on and what's available to them and, you know, accurate, accurate, accurate stories for once 
in this reality, which is rare. Um, and that, that I'm okay if it disagrees with what they're currently, you know, expecting or their current storyline about who and what they are or who and what this reality is. Um, that's not my favorite part of my job. It's actually my least favorite part of my job because if somebody is using an ideology that is working well for them, then I don't want to get in the way of that. And yet, <laughs> and yet here they are in my aisle of the, of the supermarket. And I'm like, uh, wait, what, what are you trying to pretend a tomato is? <laughs> right. Um, you know, it's really a fruit, right? <laughs> you know, anyway, there's just a lot of different perspectives that I have about things. And for some people, it feels like an upgrade. For some people, it, it, it's almost like it resonates on a soulful level because there, there's some ultra sensory awareness system that they're operating from too. And when they hear me say it, they're like, oh, that's, <sighs> that's what I've been looking for, that. And then they hear more. And I'm constantly encouraging everyone's own discernment and everyone to feel personally responsible for themselves and this reality. I don't, I don't want the authority position over anyone. And I consistently am handing it back to people when they, when they ask me even in a private session, what should I do? What does my team say I should do? And that's, that's not a, that's not a pure version of creator of origin because creator of origin respects this reality and respects our sense of agency in this reality that we need to make our own decisions. So saying, tell me what to do, uh, to, to me at an expanded level is one of the biggest problems in this reality where an individual, whether it's handing the authority over to science, uh, please tell us what we are and when we, and what we were, uh, you know, as humans, it's just like, whoa, that's a, that's a lot of authority. Even if it doesn't seem like it has a direct effect on someone, it, it dramatically affects their sense of self and therefore their sense of what they're capable of. Because, yeah, oh, <laughs> I didn't know we were going to go here and I didn't know this was true, but it, it does make perfect sense. When the record, when the scientific, i.e. <laughs> flawed record of humanity is that we are a blink away from a form of life that cannot invent cars, that cannot, um, cannot do what humans can do. And that that was just yesterday that we were that there is a sense of limitation about how do I, I want to be really careful with the words cause it came through very profound and I'm not doing it justice. The, the current record of scientific uh, Darwinian evolution, adapt, adaptability, uh, progress and growth for most humans will naturally make them feel like there will be a future version of humanity that will be uh, dismissive of what their present version of uh, self is, right? And that for some with a sense of maybe an inf inferiority complex, it's what stupid things are we doing today or what unintelligent things are we doing today that, um, that a blink of an eye forward, if you will, in evolution, they will look back at us and just shake their heads and go, Oh, we were so unevolved then. 
that's okay, <laughs> right? Because I think any of us that are maybe more altruistic in our, in our sense of self would want uh, a true progress, progress versus regress for any sort of future life form. But the downside is when it comes with a sense of inferiority in the present sense of self. That it, that it does not free, it does not liberate, it does not inspire the creator of origin energy that is available to humanity right now. And using it for progress versus regress or, or digress, diversion, diversionary growth that really goes nowhere but makes us feel occupied, <laughs> right? Makes us feel busy makes us feel productive, even though we're not going anywhere. Sort of like a treadmill. <laughs> we're all in a treadmill versus actually moving forward <laughs> in space, time. Okay. All right. <sighs> some of you may want to listen to this again. And some of you that are newer um, may want to look elsewhere on the on the YouTube channel or on my website at jillreneefeeler.com if you're interested. Um, I, I'm glad I didn't go into science. I'm glad I did business and strategy and studied economics and finance and got my MBA because I, I love that side of we weren't pretending that we were like figuring out the world <laughs> with those with those studies and that discipline. Um, and I, I, I feel I'm glad I made the choices I made. And I'm, again, I'm not I'm not trying to be dismissive of science, I, but I am trying to give it a, a more accurate sort of uh, status in terms of pedestals and, you know, godliness and those sorts of things. I, it's not justified. Given how much is being missed, there, there, it would be better to, for science in general to have a higher degree of humility about what it's missing, what it cannot see. That's a good pun, actually. What it cannot see, but that doesn't mean it cannot know it. It just can't know when it's only utilizing the five human senses. And then, if, and, and, I mean, an open-minded scientist that could even hear me saying that would then say, well, then how do you prove it? You can't. But just because you can't prove it doesn't mean it's not real. Sorry, not sorry. I'm glad we did that today. Hmm.